It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. This is the Unplayable Podcast. Sam Ferris here, and on today's episode, we preview the upcoming Dental ODI series between Australia and India, discuss the key players, and give our bold predictions. Here to do all of that is cricket.com.au journalist Lewis Cameron, who has been released from the Sheffield Shield bubble and is enjoying some freedom. Welcome, Lou. I'm enjoying the freedom, Sam. Yep, thanks for having me, and uh, good to know that the bubble representation among cricket.com.au journalists is going strong and They've uh, subbed one tall bloke out with big ears uh, out for another. So how are you enjoying bubble life, Sam? I think if I put my glasses on and wore a hat, they wouldn't tell the difference. But uh, it's only a couple of days in so far. So far, so good. Looking forward to the cricket starting up this Friday. And that's what we're talking about on this episode of the Unplayable Podcast. Uh, let's get into it, Lou, and talk about the state of play, where we are right now. And the three-match Dettel one-day series starts on Friday, November 27 at the SCG. The first two games are going to be held there on Friday and Sunday before the series moves to Canberra where it finishes on December the 2nd. Uh, Tickets are still available for that first one day, so get your hands on them while they're still available. Uh, Fans in Australia can watch the series on Fox Cricket and KO Sports and all your live scores and video highlights, go to cricket.com.au and the C8 Live app. Now, Lou, at the moment, it's a bit of a unique situation in preparation for this one-day series because the players are sort of scattered everywhere. All the IPL players, um, the Australians and Indians, are out at uh, Sydney Olympic Park. They're in quarantine at the moment. They're still able to train, so they're getting their skills up while in lockdown, while about eight members of the Australian one-day squad are here at the, in the centre of Sydney and they are going to the SCG every other day to train with Justin Langer and some of the support staff. So it's split up. The quarantine players won't get out until the eve of the match, the night of the match. So that's Thursday night and they'll all come together. So it's all a little bit uh, unique and I think um, they're going to take some adjusting for this series, which might make the results a bit interesting. I'm not sure who has the edge here. It's been an interesting start and already, Lou, we've seen some changes because of COVID-19 to the squads, uh, Kane Richardson had to withdraw from the squad because he just had a newborn and uh, he's decided to stay home after that coronavirus outbreak in Adelaide. So CA selectors have drafted in AJ Ty uh, and Darcy Short has also come over and is training with the squad as well. And India, they don't have Rohit Sharma who hurt her hamstring over there in the IPL, but then played in the IPL final. So uh, I think he'd be getting up trying to get ready for that uh, test series that uh, follows the one days in the T20s. But, you know, two super strong squads, Lou. There are stars everywhere. I reckon they're the top-ranked batters and bowlers in the world in these squads. Um, Having a look at them, using your expert eye, who has the advantage? Looking at the two groups, who has the edge? Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, they're so evenly matched and, um, you know, it'd it'd be impossible to predict the winner. The last few series... Um, bilateral series between these two countries have been, you know, two one, three two, and I think another two one. And uh, both teams have done have won series away from home. So 
um, I'd be I'd be a fool to try and pick a winner. I think it'll be interesting just to see the the general levels of maybe fatigue and bubble fatigue around this series. Um, you know, especially for the guys. Uh, well, for firstly, the whole India squad who have um, pretty much all come from the IPL and they've you know been in in pretty strict uh circumstances in the uae and then for 11 i think of the odi squad so the majority of um australia's odi squad are also coming back from the uae and the ipl so you'd think that you know like the i guess the lure of a an excitement of, of playing cricket at home again and, and playing in front of crowds let's not forget which is um something they haven't done in, in quite a while i think i saw i was reading um an article uh, where glenn maxwell was talking about um, playing in front of uh, crowds again, and he said, "Oh, it'll, it'll be really good to play in front of real, actual people again." And <laughs> I just thought that was so. Imagine reading that a year ago, um, because you know they've been playing in front of canned, canned, uh, you know, a studio audience in um, yeah. or a canned laughter or whatever in in the UAE. So you'd think there'd be some excitement there, but but just generally, how how are these guys going to go, having just been you know cooped up for a long period of time? Yeah, it's interesting. And the other thing is that India are all trained together. All the Aussies, they're split in, in two, not even parts, but they're split in two. So I think they've played enough together. And we're going to look at the Australian 11 in a second. There's not going to be too much changing there either. So it's not like they're bringing uh, together a whole new group and the 11 is going to look vastly different from the last time they took the field, which was against England in September over there in that UK tour, which Australia won 2 1. Um, the last 11 Australia fielded was Finch, Warner, Stoinis, Labashane, Mitch Marsh. Carey, Maxwell, Cummins, Stark, Zampa, and Josh Hazelwood. Um, Steve Smith didn't play that game after suffering concussion. So Mitch Marsh was in there. Stoinis was there batting at number three. Um, Smith's fit now. Uh, he spoke on Tuesday about finding his hands. It's all clicked for him, which is unique. Only Steve Smith could say that he lost his hands and has found them again, uh, which is good news for him and bad news for India, I guess. Um, but can we see any of the changes? I think Smith... For Mitch Marsh, who's out injured, might be the only one. You've got Stoinis who might slot down the order there, can provide those overs with his medium pace and support what's been a very productive and prolific four-prong bowling attack of Cummins, Stark, Zampa and Hazelwood. Yeah, uh, I think Stoinis is, is probably the one that, you know, a good IPL has probably, you know, meant that he'll he'll keep his spot, even though he'll probably drop down the order from from where he was. He's going back one in terms of India having that whole squad to train together and Australia not. I mean, that could be an advantage for India. Like I know that, you know, these guys have played a lot of cricket together, but um, just the way that the strange year it's been, I think maybe that, you know, the repetition and getting into a routine is maybe something that can be underestimated. I don't know exactly what the advantage would be, but you'd imagine Justin Langer's the kind of guy who would really like, you know, you know, he's a, he's on the board at West coast and he's a big AFL fan and, um, that kind of, you know, big team pack mentality is, is something he's, um, you know, pretty strong on. So uh, I think he'd be a little, maybe not concerned, but, you know, it'd be something he's, he's kind of monitoring that you know, team coming back to play 50 overs cricket all together again, whether they, that takes a little while to to settle into. But um, that, that'll be one to watch. In terms of the 11, yeah, I think, I think Smith, you know, he comes back to three and then, Stoinis drops down. Um, the interesting ones are kind of how they juggle that. If it's Stoinis, Kerry and Maxwell in that five, six, seven, um, who bats where? I mean, Maxwell made that, well, Maxwell and Kerry made centuries from um, seven and six respectively in that 
um, England series, um, but Stoinis did quite well down the order in the IPL. Like there's maybe it maybe gives them enough options, um, but but that'll be interesting to see how that plays out, uh, not just in this series, but just ODI cricket in general. Um, you know, leading into the next World Cup. Yeah, we're going to touch on Glenn Maxwell a little bit later on. He's such a, an interesting talking point where he fits in the 11. He's just got so much talent, uh, but he seems to have found a, a place down there finishing off those games. Which are, that's what made that We have this conversation every ODI series, don't we? Where's Maxwell going to bat in the order? I know, I know. It's uh, same, And he just seems to be getting pushed down one spot <laughs> each series. So yeah. he'd be pretty handy coming to number 11. But he's way too good for... Um, uh, it's about any lower than seven, you'd have to think. But he showed. Oh yeah, top seven for sure. But I mean, he'll if he does really well at seven again, then we'll you know the whole thing again about oh should Maxi be batting higher yeah. and um, God, I don't know if I'm I can I can do it all again, Sam. No, <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know how he feels. He must hate it more than me. Well, yes, he probably wouldn't appreciate it. But, you know, that's right. He got that 100, 108 off just the 90 balls batting at number seven uh, against England in that UK series. And Alex Carey, that 106, one spot higher. And they came in with nothing doing. But to bat for so long, more than two hours at the crease, you know, people would say, well, why can't he do that at number three and four? But he just hasn't taken those opportunities when he's had them so far. But uh, anyway, we'll touch on Maxwell in a little bit. Let's start off with some categories and what are some of the things you, you can't wait to see, Lou, in this series? Yeah, a couple. Maybe maybe I'll start with Maxwell because we're, we're talking about him. Right him hitting a six. He didn't hit a whole <laughs> six for the IPL. How, how is that possible? Yeah, I know. It's an, isn't it interesting? We're going to do some spoilers here, but... Uh, yeah, one of my players to watch is Glenn Maxwell and because he had such an amazing tour in England and then he went to the IPL where he'd done previously well in the past when it was played in the UAE, the year he won the MVP, they played some of those games and he's lit it up in the UAE. But didn't hit a six, uh, didn't even finish this, finish the campaign. He was out of the team by the end of it. So it's just it's just remarkable. You never know what you're going to get with Glenn Maxwell, which makes it so exciting for the fans. Do you reckon, um, speaking of fans, I mean, I, I'm not sure. I know he did the press conference the other day. I wasn't on it. But did, he, did anyone ask him maybe about whether the crowds, lack of crowds in the UAE um, negatively affected him at all. Like, you, you, we know he's a performer. Maybe that could have had something to do with it. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure, but there were no crowds on that UK tour either where he played really well. True. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a very good point. Maybe, like, you know, he's performing for his Aussie teammates. You know, in the UAE, it's a bit different. He, it's an IPL team. You know, he doesn't know him as well. Uh, yeah. 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 I think it's a valid point. I reckon some, especially like Clem Maxwell, who has a nickname for Big Show, whether he likes it or not, uh, which means he likes to perform on the big stage and playing in front of a big crowd is a key element to that. So, yeah, maybe if he comes in, these these grounds in uh, Canberra and Sydney are going to be half full. So uh, at least they'll have some, some people to cheer him on there. And as you know, he is very popular in the subcontinent and there will be a, a strong subcontinent um, representation in these games so they like uh they like maxi just as much as they like their own players um subcontinent fans so he'll certainly have plenty of cheering in the crowd he will he will um the other thing i can't wait to see sam is just some of the indian young players who i feel is that you know like i you know i'm pretty um feel like i watch a fair bit of cricket but I feel like I don't really know these guys like Shubman Gill, mm. Sanju Sampson, uh, Shireyas Iyer, um, Pandya a little bit more. We've probably seen him a bit in Australia. Uh, Manish Pandey uh, and, and Saini, the other one, Navdeep Saini is the, the fast bowler. 
Um, you know, I just feel like Aussie fans don't really know these guys and we keep hearing about the Aussies come back from the IPL and they just rave about, you know, all, you know, guys like Samson and, and Gill and these guys in the IPL. And we just don't see the IPL on because it's at such a bad time, you know, the time zones don't work for Australians. So I, I'm really excited to see those kind of players um, throughout the summer. Yeah, absolutely. And Ricky Ponting before the IPL, singled out Shubman Gill and Shreyas mm. Ira as the key players from those from their respective IPL teams. So watch out for those two guys. You're right, they've got just a production line of quality, talented players and they just seem to be young and exciting. So, yeah, that would be great to see. Uh, the Australians are slightly more settled in their sense, but they've got Cameron Green in the squad, so you never know. He might come onto the international stage and see what he can do. I'm excited to see men's international cricket back. It's been great to see the women play, the WBBL, some Shepherd Shield cricket, but to see Steve Smith and Pat Cummins and Mitch Stark back on Aussie soil um, in the Aussie colours will be fantastic to watch. And I want to see the crowds back at games. I can't wait for see, to see that as well. And then the obvious one, and we may as well get it out relatively early, is to see Virat Kohli bat because who knows how many more tours he's got left. He's not sticking around for the whole tour. He's leaving after the first test. So see him while you can, and it's going to be great. And he is, I mean, I think Ricky Pond even said he's the greatest one-day player ever. So to see the greatest one-day player ever in action. I was looking at his stats before. I mean, he is chasing down Tendulkar's records at an alarming rate, and no one thought those records would be touched. He's actually got 49 one-day hundreds. Virat's on 43 already, and he's played just over half the games that Virat Sachin did. So it's just an extraordinary, extraordinary record, extraordinary player. And I don't know, I always think with someone like that, they did it in the WBBL with Meg Lanning because Meg Lanning is such a good uh, player in run chases. Mm. Virat Kohli is probably the best chaser next to Michael Bevan uh, for Australian fans uh, that's ever lived. So maybe does that change the toss? Do you almost want to bowl first, get Virat in early so he doesn't chase down these targets with that, that brain of his to be able to reel in the score? So to watch Virat Kohli in action, on uh, whether it's on Fox Cricket, K or in person, uh, it's going to be fantastic. Yeah, it will be. And we always build it up with Coley, but it's so like it, even just seeing during the WVPL, um, they've had like Fox have had the promos for the first ODI. Um, and there's just a picture of Coley. Uh, like yeah. that's it. Like the whole, and, and, but yeah, there's so much hype, yet it, it's completely justified because he's just electric. Like I just can't wait to see him strutting out to bat um, for the first time just because it's, He's so good. He's got, you know, not only is it amazing, um, even more so than like Tendulkar or, or other great batsmen to come out um, to Australia because he's just got, you never know what he's going to do. You never know whether he's going to, you know, flip the bird to the crowd. He's probably beyond that now. I think he's a bit more mature, but, um, or start, a, you know, pick a fight with someone or, or, you know, celebrate a wicket, you know, in a ridiculous fashion. Um, yeah, I love, I love watching him play. So that's going to be a highlight for me for sure. And all these stories are coming about what a great guy he is off the field, how he's relaxed and loves mm. a laugh. I mean, please. I wonder if he's playing the long game with the Aussies, you know, just luring him in, getting a few of the Aussies to his IPL franchise, kind of getting him a bit friendly, friendly. And then, you know, when he's out in the middle, it'll be up to his old tricks again. Uh, yes, I think there would be some element to that. And that also perfectly leads into our next segment about our key matchups. And that involves Adam Zamp and Verat Coley. And Adam Zampa has dismissed Verat Coley seven times in 21 internationals. And Zampa will be the first one to tell you that uh, 
they've come at a fair clip and Virat I think still averages close to 50 in those games but even still seven times 21 matches is very impressive in fact he even tried to get one of his young spin disciples over there in the IPL to let Virat know about that record but it uh, went in one ear and went out the other and his plan was spoiled but uh, impressive nonetheless so People say that Virat has a weakness against leg spin, particularly early on. I don't think he's got any weaknesses. But even still, the new RCB teammates, it'll be interesting to see how they go against each other and see if uh, Zampa can add to that tally of Virat Kohli dismissals. Yeah, and, and for the matchups kind of part of thing in brackets, I had a little bit, obviously Zampa versus Kohli will be, will be great. But maybe um, Kohli versus the Aussie Quicks might come into things a little bit more with no Rohit Sharma for the ODIs. Um, he could be in a bit earlier. Just having a look back to the New Zealand series, um, India's last ODI series against New Zealand um, at the start of this year and um, their opening partnership there, Prinsby Shaw and Mayank Agarwal. Uh, Prinsby Shaw is not in Australia, but, but those two, um, I think two of the three games, were one of them was out. Um, in the first three overs. So they do have Shikha Darwin back for, for this series. So I dare say, you know, Coley might not be coming in as early, but if Australia can kind of make the breakthroughs, then, you know, the onus is going to be on Cummins and, and Stark and these guys to um to maybe nick off Coley early. The other one I reckon is interesting and, and might kind of play into the whole should Maxwell be up the order is um, just whether India play two spinners on... What a, you know, reasonably, um, I guess the SCG has got that spin-friendly kind of um, reputation, whether that's still deserved or not. But uh, I think it's normally pretty good for batting and Canberra's obviously flat as attack. Um, so, you know, whether to spin is something that India decide to do. They've got the kind of um, luxury of so many bowlers, they can do their attack whichever which way. But um, whether, you know, Stoinis, I reckon, is, might have struggled a little bit against the Indian spinners before, um, he struggled a bit against spin during the World Cup last year. Um, and, you know, whether Maxwell, who's, you know, known as a guy who's really good against spin, um, I'm just interested in how Australia's middle order deals with, with those Indian spinners like um, Chahal and, and Kuldeep Yadav. They're, they're great, really great bowlers. So that'll be really interesting. Yeah, conditions will be interesting. There's probably no games being played on the SCG this summer since the mm. AFL season finished. So, um That'll be interesting to see if they're fresh pitches. Maybe they are. They do. They will have a bit more in it for the seam bowlers. And I'd imagine, and I'm not sure about this, but maybe they'll use the same pitch for the second one day. They'll use it on Friday and use it again on Sunday, which may be a bit more wear and tear. Maybe two spinners might play in that game. Um, so that's a, that's an interesting one to to watch there. India, so many great spinners, that, and they've got Jasper Boomer as well, the world's mm. best. White ball bowler, so they've got strengths all across the park. It's going to be very difficult. Let's go into our players to watch. And I've already spoken about mine. It's Glenn Maxwell. He was the player of the series in the UK. Didn't have the greatest IPL. Uh, could be anything. Where is he, where is he going to bat? I, I still think he's going to bat at six and seven. But I'd like to see him as, a, as that floater. You know, if Warner and Finch get off to a flying start, you know, the none for 80 after 11 overs, Get Glenn in there. Get him in there and see what he can do. If he can score a, a 60 or a 70 off not many balls, uh, puts India right on the back foot. But at the same time, he's probably one of the few guys on the team. And I think Marcus Dynas has, has um, identified this. And you wrote a good story about him, how he's moving around the crease a lot more to try and um, get in a different groove when he's out there, not against the new ball. But he's one of the, the guys in Australia who can hit the old ball from ball one 
it's I think it, a lot of the Aussies find it difficult to start against the old ball, especially coming in late. And it's such a hard skill. I mean, probably the most difficult task in any team to come in there and hit sixes from ball one. I mean, it's just... It's You're just, talking about Maxwell there, yeah? Yeah, Maxwell, yeah. yeah That's yeah. why I think maybe he's better suited to stay down there. So when he does come in with 15 or 10 overs to go, it's just like a T20 for him where he does really mm. well. Yeah, I mean, it was the same thing with the Villiers. I feel like they, we had that that kind of conversation a lot when he was playing ODI cricket because he and T20s as well. Like he, you know, would often kind of come in four or five, and you're like, oh, why don't you open with the best batter in the world? But it's it's actually a lot easier to find guys who can not easier, but it's you know maybe slightly more simple to bat against the new ball um, compared to the old ball. So. Um, yeah, that that does make sense. Um, well, I've got two players to watch. I've, I've kind of touched on the the young Indian guys that I'm, I'm really interested to see. But from an Aussie point of view, Steve Smith in ODIs against India, did you know he averages sixty and a half against India in one days? Yeah, yeah. Compared to forty two for his career normally, um, that really surprised me. He's played. He's only played eighteen ODIs against India, which surprised me a bit. Um, but well, yeah, three. He averages heaps against them in tests, so doesn't he? He'd be like in the seventies in test matches, surely. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't look that up, but he, yep. it tends to get the best out of him, doesn't it? But yeah, three hundreds, five fifties, and fifty fifteen ODI innings. So yeah, every every second ODI innings, he's at least passing fifty. So um, that, that's you know really bears um, good signs for Australia. The other one is. Um, is Sean Abbott? I reckon he's. There's something about how he's how he's going and how the the guys in the Aussie team are talking about him and, um, you know, just got named in that in that Test squad recently. It, it just seems to be a, a guy on the rise. I'm not saying that he's going to displace Cummins, Stark, or Hazelwood. Um, but you know, if they there was a game maybe where they wanted to play five bowlers, they could potentially slip in at number seven, um, and then you still got Cummins and Stark at eight and nine. Um, or if one of those guys, you know, rests or gets injured, he might, he could be the next guy kind of cab off the rank. I, I just reckon there, um, you know, there's just something about him at the moment that the Aussie team just quite likes. So I'm really interested to see how he goes if he gets a crack at it. Yeah, and his batting's improved so much that he can almost mm. play as that all-rounder. And he hit, you would know watching those Shield games, how many sixes did he hit? He was just bombing them. Yeah, I think there was seven sixes in one innings. Um and yeah, so his batting's really improved. Whether he can do that in one day cricket as well, I think um, would be really interesting to see. Um, I was interested to kind of hear during the Shield, um, they were talking about how um, how much he impressed Justin Langer in, in quarantine when they came back from that UK series in in England. They just apparently trained the house down and um, you know really caught the eye of um, those kind of coaches in attendance. So. Um, it can be those little things, you know, maybe these, these funny little opportunities that we now get in um, in this COVID, you know, COVID period that we, we never had before that. Um, who knows if that kind of provides the opening for him to get a uh, more of a run at it this summer than he would have otherwise. Mm. My uh, player to watch for India is Hardik Pandya, who, a bit like Glenn Maxwell, can come in later in the innings and just bomb sixes. Uh, and is a... Decent seam bowler as well. So I think he adds a lot of balance to their side. Um, Pandya, yeah, didn't play. I don't think he played in that um, series over in India in 2019. He was a big loss for them. So uh, He can do some outrageous things. I caught a couple of clips of him in the IPL and I'm just, I was just staggered by what he could do with the bat. 
yeah, oh, he just launches mm. them hard and straight. He's he's really good. And I'm pretty sure Virat and him are close. So they'll um mm. they will uh he will use him where he sees fit. He's yeah, he's a remarkable cricketer. So watch out for Hardik Pandya. The other two guys I had were Australians, Aaron Finch and David Warner. They're now the fourth most prolific opening pair for Australian one dayers. And they could go past David Byrne and Jeff Marsh into third place with a good series against India. They've got 10 century stands and an average tick under 50. I mean, the, the pinnacle is Gilchrist and Hayden and followed closely by Gilchrist and Mark Waugh. But, you know, you could be thinking, we're watching the greatest one-day batsman of all time in Virat Kohli. Warner and Finch, who knows how much longer they've got together. If they put it together another couple of years, they might even go past uh, Kilchrist and Hayden as Australia's best one-day opening partnership. They've won a World Cup. They've got I think they've got a, a best partnership of 258 not out, Some, mm. something, something extraordinary. Uh, they just work so well together. And Dave Warner's got 18 one-day hundreds. Uh, that's second most behind Ricky Ponting for Australia, which is just an incredible performance. And to think that, maybe four or five years ago, one day is weren't his strength. It was, he was a gun at tests and T20s. But since that 2016 year where he got six or seven hundreds in that calendar year, he's just become a beast of one day cricket. So those two guys, if they, if Australia are going to win this series against a very, very good Indian side, I think it's going to have to start at the top with Finch and Warner. You've, um, you've actually stolen one of my stats there, but, but that's okay because <laughs> it's kind of, it's made me think you talked about winning world cups um, and how we kind of, you know, in football codes and in, you know, in the NBA and where you kind of measure, um, you know, how good individual players often by the titles that they won. And it's a bit different in cricket because you got World Cups, but, um, and Ashes, I guess, for the Aussie and England guys, but it's a bit different. But if you looked at, so Finch and Warner have won one World Cup as an opening pair in 2015. Yep. How many World Cups did Gilchrist and Hayden win as an so, opening pair? So, yeah, so 03 and 07, right? Yeah. And then 99 was Gilchrist and War. Yeah. Yeah. So you'd, yeah, you'd almost say Gilchrist is the kind of the best Aussie opener of all time, even yeah. forgetting about his, just his keeping as well. But um, so, yeah, to be, they'd be the second. So Finch and Warner would be the second Aussie ODI opening pair to win two World Cups. That'd be, that'd be an achievement, wouldn't it? That'd be, that'd be a fair achievement. And, and they'd care more about that you'd think than, than, you know, most runs or, or most prolific kind of thing. That, that'd be the really interesting one. Yeah, these guys are driven by team success. So anytime they can they can do that, uh, I'm sure that is uh, means more to them for sure. So, yeah, mm. what, what other stats have you got for us, Lou? Well, I mean, you, you kind of stole it. I, I'm just, I, I agree with you completely on Warner. Um, so if he gets another ton, he'll become the outright second most, ODI centuries, um, his level with Mark Waugh at the moment, as you mentioned before. I thought it was interesting, you know, we kind of mentioned Mark Waugh on this, you know, this real high, um, you know, real pinnacle of Aussie opening batters, um, rightly so. But Warner's only played 126 games, ODI games, and Mark Waugh played 244. Mm. So he's played nearly double and they've scored the same amount of centuries. I mean, that, if anything, Dave Warner's become a little underrated in ODI cricket, I reckon. And the other one, just the conversion rate for him, he's only hit 21 half centuries to 18 centuries. Ricky Pont, just for context, Ricky Ponting hit 29 ODI tons and made 8250. Yeah. So he, like, Warner's nearly one to one, which is, and Mark Waugh was 18 centuries and 50, uh, 
50-50s. So that, that's incredible conversion rate. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's, um, that's some great numbers for that, those two guys. This is another stat. Could have been mentioned at the top, but this is the third time, only the third time that Australia and India have played in a bilateral series in Australia. All the other times India have played Australia, yeah, yeah, they've all played in those tri series back in back in the day. The old tri series, whether it be Sri Lanka or India or Pakistan. Uh, so, and it's it's one all. It's one all. India won two one in twenty nineteen. Australia won four one in twenty sixteen. And overall, both in Australia and India, this is the thirteenth bilateral series between these two teams and it's six apiece so uh this could be the decider in some respects see who goes on top gets uh, gets out in front and there's been some great series recently they've all been really close it was 2-1 in 2019 it was 3-2 in 20, later that year where australia went to india and came back from 2-0 down and scored their highest uh their highest run chase ever and uh tremendous series and then uh, australia went there in january earlier this year uh, Pre-COVID and and lost two one, so they're always going to be tight affairs. And the other the other stat I had, which isn't really a stat for this series, but something to keep your mind out for. Mitch Stark, his numbers in one day cricket are just ridiculous. He's seventeen wickets away from two hundred. Not sure he'll quite get there in this three match series, uh, but he gets he needs seventeen more wickets to get to two hundred. If he gets it in nine matches, it's the fastest to two hundred. Beats uh, Pakistan's Saklan Mushtaq. Uh, who did it in 104 games? Brett Lee holds the Australian record with 112 matches, so you think he'll he'll own the Australian record at one point. Uh, and only Brett Lee has more five wicket hauls than Stark seven with nine. And Stark's strike rate is 26.3. So if you add all that up, put that all together, he 26.3 bowls his 10 overs each game. He'll take at least two wickets. He should take six for the series and edge out uh, Saklan Mushtaq by a game. So it's. Um, it's pretty remarkable that uh, we're seeing Vera Coley. Like, we're seeing some of the greats of one-day cricket in this series. Mitch Stark is one of the greats, uh, one of the great one-day bowlers in limited overs history. Yeah, and, and we often kind of get the caveat around, I've heard a lot of people say, oh, you know, runs in one-day cricket come a lot easier, so we should discount a little bit of what the batters are doing and, you know, how high their numbers. And, yeah, I, I do hear that. I'm not entirely sure whether that, it's just different eras, I guess. But from a bowling point of view, bowling's gotten harder. Like, yeah. without doubt, taking wickets has gotten harder. Um, going, Being um, frugal, like having a good economy, right? That's gotten way harder. So for him to be doing that better than, you know, guys like Mushtaq, Saklan Mushtaq, who played a million ODIs in um, in Sharjah and places like that, you know, not discounting his, his numbers, of course, but Stark is on another level. I mean, the interesting one will be, whether Rashid Khan, I think he knocked Stark off that fastest to 100 in ODI cricket list yeah. a little while ago. Whether he'll play enough ODIs to, to then knock him off the, the 200 list will be really interesting to see those two kind of going head to head. And and it's not Rashid Khan's fault, but he's I think he's played a lot more games against you know lower quality opposition. So um, hopefully uh, hopefully Rashid can play against uh, against you know the, the top dogs in the next few years too. Yeah, and, and you know that would be like a caveat, but we've seen him in tournaments like the Big Bash League and IPL exactly. and get the best players out. So we know that he's a that those stats hold up. He's such a great bowler. The other one I was going to say, you mentioned that only uh, not many bilateral ODI series between Australia and India. Uh, going back to the days where we had the tri uh, trilateral, what do you call them? Tri tri nations. Tri series. Tri series. Yeah. Um, back when we had those, you remember you'd, each team would kind of play maybe six or eight games. 
and then there'd be a, a final series at the end. And it wouldn't just be one game. It'd normally be best of three. So if you yeah. won the first two. Um, so I wonder if you could, if India played in any of those and whether you could kind of count that as a little mini bilateral series. Oh, they definitely would have, for yeah. sure. Back but... when they used to come with Pakistan or, or Sri Lanka. Yeah, that's one for the research team. Yeah. yeah. Australia had a pretty good record in those tri series. We didn't lose too many. I reckon. Yeah. Lost that one against uh well we did make the final. Oh, I remember South that. South Africa and New Zealand. That was like that was Steve Waugh's last real go as as one day captain. Um I think I was eleven or twelve and I was just like I could not believe it. Like I just had barely seen Australia lose in one day cricket and to see yeah. him not not even make the final of that tri series. Would that have been like oh four or oh five? Nah, I reckon uh, one two, ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Be- Bevo scored one of the great hundreds. Oh, that MCG, the Gabba yeah. against New Zealand. I remember he hit five twos in an over, just kept running twos. <laughs> it was madness. But what anyway, batting with that would have been, oh, I don't probably, think I probably Andy that. Bickle, probably, someone, <laughs> <laughs> probably some of my picks. Um, yeah. let's finish off with two more things. Have you got have you got a silly point, uh, for this series, Lou? Yeah, I do. Just looking back at the, it's really silly. So please don't hold me to it when um, when this doesn't come to fruition. But just looking back at the previous games at Monica Oval at Canberra, um, they've been pretty high scoring. Um, and I've got a little bit of trivia for you actually um, that I thought I'd ask you. Kind of throw uh, put you on the spot with Sam. The last time Australia and India played at Monica Oval. Tell me who was man of the match and tell me who were open the bowling for Australia. Oh, geez. Well, I guess it would have been that 2016 series. Spot on. Yeah, January 2016. I think I was there. So this is, uh, this is really testing my memory. Um, who opened the bowling for Australia? Ooh. Was it the Duke, John Hastings? No, he bowled first change. Good guess. Uh, then I'll go with... Kane Richardson? Yes. He, well, so he opened the bowling he's not, and he was man of the match. It took five for 68. Five, yeah. A few, a few tail enders in there. Um, you have to, he's a regular guest on the podcast. You'd have to ask him whether it's one of his finest. But he opened the bowling with someone else that I don't think you, you'd guess. Is it a fast bowler or is it just some spinner they've put in there? Uh, a spinner, not just a, any old spinner. Uh, 2016. Don't overthink it. Nathan Lyon? Yeah. Yeah. Nathan Lyon opened the bowling in, in a one day against India. Well, the same ground in Canberra. It's the one he used to work at. Yeah. Maybe he knew something about it. He got in uh, Smithy's ear. He was captain at the time and told him that there was a little bit of spin in the. So, what's the silly point? 76 off his 10 overs. Uh, <laughs> the silly point, yeah, yeah. So, a bit of roundabout um, trivia there. Uh, thinking of Canberra ODIs, do you remember it was only, can you believe in the World Cup, the 2019 ODI World Cup was last year? That feels like about. 9,000 yeah. decades ago. But um, you know, remember all the stuff in the lead in, all the hype was about we're going to get a 500 game. One team's going to make 500. And no one even got, I mean, there might have been a 400 game, but I don't think, did anyone even get 400? Oh, surely. The, the scores were, were way down and it was a great tournament. Um, so in, in that spirit, could we see a 500 game at Canberra at Monica Oval because it has been flat as attack there and um, teams seem to, to pass three, 300, 350 with, with regularity? The only reason I'll say no is because I just think the bowlers are too good. I just don't yeah, think, I don't think they'll, they'll concede 500. 
but the batting talents. If Rohit was playing, who owns several one-day double hundreds, and there's well, there was in that 2015 World Cup, there were two hundreds hit there, right? Gale hit mm-hmm. one, and did Guptill hit one there as well? Were they both at Canberra? I thought no, yeah. maybe not Guptill. I'll, I'll go with you if you think so. Yeah. Certainly Gale did. Um, so yeah, p- perhaps same size as the MCG. So it's not a small ground either, Manuk Robel. What if it's a dead rubber and so either India or Australia have won the first two ODIs and both teams kind of go, oh, we're going to, it's a big summer, we're going to rest Star, we're going to rest Cummins, we're going to rest Boomerah and you kind of get the second, you know, I'll say respect, respectfully, the second string is along and, you know, they're a bit nervous and one team's got nothing to lose and bang, you got 500. Well, potentially. I mean, yeah. Aaron Fins has got 172 on a T20, so yeah. here's a chance. Dave Warner holds all the top scores for Australian one-day cricket. So, uh, Oh, is that still Matty Hayden? I think it is Matt Hayden. No, it's yeah. Shane Watson with 185. But anyway, he's got 173 times, I think, Dave Warner. So uh, he can go the distance. My silly point is, and this is silly, but also could be a thing. Uh, I know the BBL are looking at it for a number of years now, but... Um, this could be the year that when you hit a six into the crowd, punters keep the ball because they've got to throw the ball back and they've got to sanitize it. It's going to take time. This year, just get like 50 balls a game, stagger them out so they've got balls aged one to 10 overs, 11 to 20, all the way through to 50 overs. In fact, you don't even do that. You only need to get to one to 25 because there's two new balls, right? So give it to the crowd. If you catch it, you keep it. Uh, and it saves having to sanitize the ball. Keeps everything nice and biosecure. A bit like baseball. Just a one-off uh, or as long as these um, COVID protocols are in place. Sure, we'll go through a few more balls, but an extra incentive for fans to go to the game. Imagine if you caught a six of Virat Kohli and kept that ball. That'd be fantastic. That would be unreal. The only downside is you might have to wait a few years before you can get him to sign it because the the autographs have kind of unfortunately kind of gone out of the game with player fan interactions kind of by the standstill. Yeah. Maybe maybe the next step of that is okay. Yep, the teams get to keep. Uh, sorry, the fans get to keep the balls. Do the teams the bowling team? Maybe they can like uh, pick what over ball they want to get again because a lot of teams right. If you get hit for six in the thirtieth over. You don't necessarily want a brand new ball. You want like an old piece of piece of leather, don't you? So maybe you could let the um, let the bowling team decide how old or otherwise uh, they want the ball to be. Yeah, that's interesting. You don't seem as enthusiastic about that one. No, I just think it's my idea. My idea's good. Yeah, okay, uh, fair and, enough. I know, and I know you said it would be impossible to predict, but let's finish the show with you giving us a series winner and a player of the series. Yeah. Okay. I'll go. I'll go Australia two one. But I think the, I think my prediction is the scoreline will be two one. Um, right. That's my prediction. If at a at a pinch, I'll go Australia because they're playing at home. Um, man of the series. Uh, all right. Australia two one and Coley man of the series. Hedge hedge your bets there. Yeah, and I have. Yeah. That's what good. do you got? What's yours? Yeah, I'll go. I'll go Australia. 2-1. The first game's going to be really interesting. I reckon whoever wins the first game loses the series. Oh. Because uh, I think they'll have the better prep and then by the time the second game comes around, they'll have a game under their belts and they'll be up for it and then they'll win that game, go to Canberra and win the third game. Uh, and play of the series... Let's. He's found his hands again. Let's go Steve Smith. Vera Collie's big rival so so there you go I'm going uh, 2-1 Steve Smith 
Very good, very good. I think we've both played pretty safe there. Yeah, I hope we haven't offended too many people. Uh, Lou, thank you for your time, mate, and um, always appreciate your insights. Pleasure, Sam, anytime. That's it for this week's episode of the Unplayable Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to this show and The Scoop, which covers all things women cricket, wherever you get your podcasts. We will be back next week, probably on Thursday, to wrap up the one-day series and preview the Dettel T20 International Series. But until then, follow your breaking news, live scores, and video highlights at thecricket.com.au and the CA Live app. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.